Well, good morning, Hope. Glad that you could, uh, that I could be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Rick. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church and so excited that we get to share together in this final episode of our series we're calling A Merry Christmas, God with us, and we'll get into that where we've been looking at snippets from Mary's life as well as scenes from Jesus's life, and then surrounding that, connecting it all around the Advent candle theme. So this morning we'll be talking about peace, but before we do, I want to share with you my favorite Christmas uh, movie. And uh, so if you're using the chat feature and you want to share with those who are in the chat your favorite Christmas movie, go ahead, you can do that while I share mine. Mine is the story of a man who just wants to spend the holidays with his family. And uh, uh, in the movie, he says that someone suggests to him, come out to the coast, we'll get together and have a few last laughs. He's been living on the East Coast while his family is on the West Coast. And the movie is called Die Hard. Yes, I believe that is a Christmas movie. Uh, it's the uh, family is uh, trying to have a peaceful reunion, but is interrupted by a robbery that has him trapped in a building and his wife is kidnapped by those robbers. And all of this happens at a Christmas party. At the end of the movie, after there's some fires and explosions and plenty of gunfire, the bad guys are gone and John McClane saves the day. And then he says, confirming this is a Christmas movie, he says, Merry Christmas, Argyle. Argyle is one of the characters, real small character in the film. And then Argyle responds, Merry Christmas. And then Argyle says, if this is their idea of Christmas, I've got to be here for New Year's. A great Christmas movie. Uh, I hope you understand I'm joking, but there is quite a debate if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and if, if, uh, uh, if you have that kind of debate and you want to defend it with your friends, uh, you can let them know that one of your pastors believes this is a Christmas movie. Now, I, I know there are more traditional Christmas movies out there as well, and I do like some of those. For instance, Home Alone, I saw this just a few weeks ago. It's a, a story about a forgotten kid is left at home, and he finds uh, uh, that it's very peaceful because he's uh, from a large family. And then his peace is interrupted by two robbers who are trying to rob his house. Or the story of Elf, right? He, uh, he's seeking out his biological dad, longing to learn his story, but only finds hurt from an unaccepting father. Or uh, another one of my favorites, The Grinch. Uh, peaceful Whoville is disrupted by a heartless mountain-dwelling curmudgeon and hoping to steal Christmas. You know, while each of these stories suspends reality, like most stories, there is some truth to be found in them. And the theme of peace is one of those uh, uh, things that's found in each of those stories. And while peace is something that's desired, it's often interrupted by noise or pain or conflict. There seems to always be a struggle for peace in this life. I mean, parents often want peace, right? Parents, we just want a moment of peace and quiet, or someone struggling financially just wants some peace from the bill collectors, or someone waiting for test results, for medical test results, just wants to have a feeling of peace and calm. This year, while peace is a nice thought, it doesn't seem as if the world is very peaceful, is it? And so before we talk about Mary, I want to spend just a few moments talking about this idea of peace. Why is it that we as human beings long for peace so much? 
And when it's missing from life, we struggle so desperately to find peace. I would suggest that the answer is quite simple. We are made for it. It was woven into our humanity at creation. It's part of our spiritual DNA. It's, it's written into our gene code. And so whatever you may believe about the Genesis Christmas story, there's a message found there. Genesis demonstrates that there is a lesson of peace. That Adam and Eve were experiencing peace and all that comes with it. And they disobeyed and the peace of God was lost. And Christmas then is the promise of peace even after humanity's fall and failure. See, we celebrate that the Prince of Peace is coming to earth. Isaiah in the Old Testament wrote these words, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, some dictionaries define peace as the absence of hostilities or the absence of inner turmoil. But peace is more than the absence of these things. I mean, peace is not just quiet. Though a parent of a newborn or a toddler may be wishing for peace, peace is not just about quiet. And peace is certainly not about prosperity, though there are some in this economic climate that are just longing for relief from bills, but peace is more than just prosperity. And peace is certainly not just good health, though while waiting for test results, peace would seem possible with just that good report from a doctor. The reality is when we don't have what we think we should have, we say we need peace. I believe it's because of our spiritual DNA, that peace is a condition of life that we believe should be, and it is. But we've been taught to believe that it's based on our circumstances. Peace, though, defined in the Bible is so much more than the absence of conflict or pain or trouble. Matter of fact, the Hebrew word translated as peace is shalom. So really, in Isaiah, he was saying the prince of shalom. Shalom is a state of wholeness. It's embracing both the physical and the spiritual dimensions of wholeness. And shalom is not just about individuals, but it's about entire communities. It's about all relationships among all people, that the wholeness is possible for all of humanity. It's so much more than the absence of hostilities. Shalom never means simply the absence of trouble. It means that everything which makes for our it means that it means that everything which makes for our highest good as individuals and people is even possible while we are in the midst of troubles. So Jesus, according to Isaiah, will be the prince of peace. He'll be the prince of shalom, the prince of wholeness, a prince who brings wholeness and health and safety, and prosperity for all people. The Prince of Peace who provides a state of wholeness and security both in this life and the life beyond this world. That the highest good is not only possible for you and for me, but for all people who faithfully follow the Prince of Peace, for all communities and for all relationships. 
So having that understanding of peace, now let's look at Mary's story and see how peace, I believe, is connected to that. And Mary may have experienced this same longing for peace and this misunderstanding of peace as we can. So it was eight days after Jesus was born. Mary and Joseph had brought Jesus to the temple so that they could make the religious sacrifices that are required at the birth of a child. There's a man there named Simeon, and he saw the family in the crowd. And Simeon looked, and he held the newborn baby Jesus. And he declared that their baby was the Savior given by God for all, of, for all people. Simeon was seeing what others did not. And then Luke says the following, and it's going to be up on the screen. Luke says this, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said this to Mary, the baby's mother. He said this, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. Imagine that being said about your child. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then he says, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Those must have been disturbing words for Mary to hear. Words like destined to cause many to fall. That he said many will oppose this newborn child of hers. That, this child, that a sword will pierce her very soul because of this child. I'm sure those words would come back to Mary's memory many times throughout her life as she watched and followed Jesus. See, Mary witnessed, watched, and experienced a war or a tension or a conflict with Shalom. See, the Pharisees during Jesus' ministry were in constant conflict with Jesus. There certainly wasn't much peace, I'm sure. The Roman government would be in conflict with Jesus soon. And of course, there were these unseen forces. Satan and the forces of evil were constantly in conflict with Jesus. And so seeing Jesus as the Prince of Peace, if we understand peace as a circumstantial thing, from Mary's perspective, may, have may at times seem very unlikely or misaligned. Simeon's words must have haunted Mary often. Mary was also a witness to Jesus' death on the cross. I would suggest it was the least, least peace-filled moment in her life. When others fled, Mary walked to the foot of the cross, and she watched as the boy she had birthed in Bethlehem was hung to die on a cross. It would seem as though the Prince of Peace had lost this conflict, that he had lost the battle for Shalom. But what was unknown to Mary is that the baby born in a manger was the initial assault on the sin affecting humanity that has kept peace from being attainable in this world since the beginning of Adam and Eve's fall. That this unseen war fought the final fight on the cross and the battle was won at Easter. All of this began at Christmas. Now the night that Jesus was arrested, let's jump ahead. More than 30 years after that first Christmas night, 30 years after Simeon had spoke those words to Mary, 
Jesus spoke these words to his disciples. He said this. It's from John chapter 14. He said, I am leaving you with a gift. The Prince of Peace is leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, just in case you were wondering, that's the same word for peace. Shalom. Jesus is saying this peace is not like the peace found in the world. It's not based on circumstances. It's not a peace which comes from the avoidance of trouble or the absence of conflict or even from the refusal to face things. This peace, this shalom, which Jesus offers us is peace that only comes from the Prince of Peace. That there's no experience of life can ever take it from us. No sorrow, no danger, no suffering can ever make it less. It is independent of outward circumstances. And that's such an important word for us to hear in this moment, in these moments that seem so filled with conflict, so filled with struggle, that Jesus promises that all the qualities of shalom, wholeness, completeness, soundness, and safety is available to those who look to him. That this peace from Jesus is a lasting peace. That it transcends every situation. And it transcends the flaws of our own personal lives because it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. It comes from Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That we can know peace that we can know wholeness, that we can see and seek the highest good in the midst of our conflict, in the midst of our pain and our loss and the uncertainty or doubt because Jesus fought and won our battle against sin. That the Prince of Peace brings wholeness and can restore every broken relationship. That Mary's baby, the Son of God, will provide the highest good to all of life. A well-ordered and balanced life to all those who choose to follow Jesus, even within the noise of this life. And this is a world that's filled with noise. We can't read the news. We can't watch the news without being overwhelmed with the noise that we hear. But we can know peace that our eternity is secured even in the midst of earthly conflict. And so the takeaway this morning really is quite simple. I pray that may this season, which will look and feel different for all of us, that over these next few weeks as we celebrate Christmas in a different way than we've ever celebrated it before, that it's going to look and feel different for all of us. May we know and be reminded that the peace and shalom of the Prince of Peace is available to us and is only found in Jesus. And that there's a world that is convinced that the circumstances are what's so important to change their attitude and to change the way they live this life. When we, can, that we look for it in our own selves and our own circumstance, but really it's only found through Jesus. And we are the messengers of that peace to the world around us. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. And so, Jesus, we are so grateful that you chose to join us here on planet Earth, 
that in the form of a baby that God wrapped in flesh, you brought to us the availability and the, possi- and the possibility of peace on this earth. God, not peace devoid of conflict or strife or pain or struggle, but God, a peace that comes from you alone. And God, we are so desperate to see it and feel it in our lives in these moments right now. God, help us to experience and understand and your peace, no matter the circumstance, whatever may be taking place in our life right now. God, help us to experience your wholeness. And God, as we seek to be men and women who follow after you, as we are transformed into the living embodiment of what Jesus is in our world, God, that we would, we would know that you have our best in mind. And God, as we go out in our world, I pray that we would seek to bring wholeness to every relationship. That we would seek the highest good for people around us. God, that the world would be changed because of our relationship with you. That others would know about the great love that you have for us. And God, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus the one who is the prince of peace in our life. In the name of Christ we pray, amen and amen. Have a great week.